girl. Oh my god. It's that time of the day. Hey, hey. Good afternoon, sunny New York. New York, New York. Um, Perth, hello. Australia, hello. Singapore, we love you. Hello, Africa. <laughs> Girl, she just be listening. She be listing off all those. I feel like I'm on Miss Miss America yeah. or Miss Universe. I know. That's why I like started off like that. We see you, Philippines. We see you guys, <laughs> New Zealand. Just Girl, she be sh- cackling over here. <laughs> just a little shout out to all our listeners across the world. I know there's more of you, but I think that's what I like to just rumble. Welcome to what's the tea? Whoa, she really out here doing the rumble like she's in a boxing match. <laughs> On the left side, weighing 65 kilograms, 5'11", and has a dimple, Kayleen. Okay. <laughs> and on the other side of the ring, looking all beautiful and thick, we got Tashi. Yes, yes. Today they will be fighting a war on. That sounds like somebody's bow. <laughs> Is that? Wait, what? That was a How drum do roll. You no, know that's what it sounds like. I don't know. I was watching this thing on Instagram. Mm. <laughs> Girl, you, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Thank I don't want to so know. Much. That's enough. Thank you. And drum roll, please. <laughs> Listen, um, I think. <laughs> We both be drinking some type of tea crap at this point. <laughs> no, no. I'm on the green tea today, girl. I'm on peppermint tea, so I should be like mellow and calm. But I think it does the complete opposite. I think for it's me. the green, the green tags. What you trying? What are you trying to say? The green tags. Green tea got a green tag. Peppermint tea got a green tag too. But they're different shades of green. I don't care. They're green. Okay, I say. <laughs> I can't think of is that African dude meme that's like okay. okay. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, what a way to start the podcast on a Wednesday. <laughs> can you tell we're on a different level already? Truly, oh, truly. Goodness me! And on that note, what is today's tea? <laughs> I'm sorry, we I'm already switched. Yeah, <laughs> she just been looking at my face and laughing at my face, y'all. Oh goodness! It's a disrespect for me. Hmm. <laughs> Mm. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Okay. <laughs> so for the tea that has spilled into our cups, I think you just experienced it right there and then. Which was code switching. Oh, you smart little devil! I know, right? That's what a lot of people tell me. So, um, let's talk about it, right? Code switching. What a word. A word or two words? Um, I think it's like a hyphenated word, is it not? Um, like code hyphen switching? Indeed it is. Do you know what it is? I know what the layman's terms of it is, like the basic form. Which but is? what is the actual definition? Um, my Like my understanding of code switching is when somebody switches from one professional form into another professional form or from like a regular form to professional generally speaking that's kind of the circumstance i use it in Mm. but what is the actual 
definition. Um, They say the definition of code switching refers to the act of using multiple languages or language varieties in a single situation. It is regularly used by minority groups when switching between interactions within their subculture and interactions with their dominant culture. But that's what it is. I yes. feel like that is it's a form of racism. Well, the, an example, yeah, the undertone is very racist. You being a teacher, and an example of that is in schools, students are required to use standard language expressions, and those growing I up. I know you're lying. Shh. And those growing up in a minority community <gasps> must code switch. So, for example, African African American children, um, ethnic children. Is that what the example is saying? Constantly switch between African-American vernacular English and standard English. What you're saying is that what they're saying, you know that's true because that's what we do. Heck, I do it at work every day. I'm sorry, but why do they only pick on African as the example? No, this was just a random post. Calm your farm. It's an it's a definition it could be like- from a book from 1995 by Rampton. Yeah, it's an example. I hope there was not a white man. I'm a beat your ass. Girl, relax yourself, okay? And No, I find that really disrespectful that they assume that just because the skin tone is when you should they be code switching. They did not assume. Calm down. They did not assume. Yes, but I think that's but a the, common thing that we teach our children to d- today. But like, it's relevant, though. It's not relevant. It's actually the opposite. Because it doesn't a lot of, matter what it didn't it didn't refer to culture. I mean color. No, I'm coming out of the colorist part of it. I'm talking about code switching in general. But they were referring to it as though they are teaching in classrooms in America. So in America, they're you ain't looking, only going to get African American people. Yes, we know that, don't we? But this was in 1995. Relax, girl. It's racism. Yeah, 1995. This is almost what? How many years later? Girl, I don't know. I don't do the math. I'm off duty. (laughs) (laughs) If we're about to be in 2025 in a couple years, that's almost 30 years later now. Think of it. A Mm. lot has changed in 30 years. I'm sorry. I just get so passionate. But the term is still relevant. I get so passionate when it comes to using kids as an idealistic way of just like, all right, cool, this matter's going to change, but we're going to put like a flowery portion on it by using children. The innocence of children. Mm. There's another component to it, right? So they call it code mixing. Um, So code switching, right, is when speakers alternate two or more languages in the same conversation, as in code switching, where the speaker starts with a language and ends with a different language. So, for example, you might be speaking English with some Turkish in there and then switching back to English, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got code mixing, which refers to the transfer of linguistic elements or words from one language to another and mixed together. So you might speak a it's mix. like Spanglish. Yeah. In a sense. Correct. Exactly that. Interesting. Very interesting. <sighs> what a topic. There's what a so this topic components to it, man. Uh, and this is why I'm saying they the generic definition talks about language as a form of code switching. But in reality, language is not the only thing it's, that is code switched. I, as a teacher, it's it's presentation, it's it's action, it's all of that actually encompassed into one motion. 
like as a teacher, I teach, like a lot of my kids don't even know what code switching was. And I had to sit them down and tell them that this generation, you require to code switch. And I, I find that really detrimental to someone's mental health because here's a pure example, right? A person of color, let's say a POC, can be on a phone to a white person. Now, if this POC sounds or has code switched their voice and the tone of their voice to sound more linguistically correct to the person on the receiving end of this phone call, that person will automatically assume that that the caller is a non-POC. Now, the issue with that is when they come in for, let's say, a doctor's consultation or whatever they're doing, filing insurance claims or whatever, and they and the person that has received that call has now realized that this is a POC, they get confused. But in reality, as a POC, any minority in any general case, we have been ingrained in us to learn how to code switch from an early age. And the sad part about it, it is only a minority thing. You know what? This is a very passionate topic for me because up until today, I've been in Australia, what, 20 years now, right? 21. 21? Yeah. Brad's turning 22, so 21 years. Sorry, our little brother. We use him as reference because (laughs) (laughs) he came here when he was one, one and a half, right? So, okay, so this year will be 21 years that I'm in Australia, right? When I first moved to this country... As an example, I was 12 years old, starting high school, you're right. And my experience, um, my first experience of code switching was when I came to Australia. I wouldn't say my first experience, but I'd say my first experience in a different country, purely because I was speaking English very clearly. However, I had an accent coming from South Africa. So when I came into Australia, I'm talking to people in their own language but of a different accent and people were like, I don't understand what you're saying. Can you speak English, please? And I'm like, I am speaking English. That was the first inclination that I had to learn how to code switch because you're listening to me now. I probably sound super Australian. but (laughs) (laughs) But then when I'm with my family, right, then I talk like this. Like you wouldn't even understand what I'm saying right now if you didn't know that I was from South Africa or a part of South Africa is Even my background. like small words in like which these, we say. Like these certain things like saying yes and do you see, look at the window, certain things. Like a traffic light is known as a robot. Yeah, look at the robot. And you we enunciate differently and then we express certain words in a different um, connotation. So then that is – do you see how quickly I had to code switch? It's become a, like a constant thing that we as a minority have to think about when we enter a room. But it's not even having to think about it anymore. It's like it just automatically becomes like you're a chameleon. Like it literally, like I've had instances when I've I've witnessed in a room people 
like dull down their blackness or dull Girl, down I do that every day like dull down <laughs> who they are and who they've grown up to be like when I was in primary school I was like oh, if not the only POC in my class and so who was I going to relate to when I said certain things who was I going to go talk to about yeah, that was me. Not in high sh- you know, like, and then it would be become a more constant thing where, like, we would have Indians or Asians have to learn how to code switch, like, because Indians had, like, they come from families that cook in their house, and if a kid came smelling like a pot of curry, it was like they got singled out and picked well, they got on, bullied for it, and so eventually they had to learn how to code switch from that and dress like a white person or dress like how society told you to in order for you to fit in and so they had to learn how to code switch so when they would get into a indian festival or like diwali or whatever it would be their celebration of who they are their sense of identity mm-hmm. code switching is like turning your identity from a hundred percent down to about 20%. I think it's worse for us because of where we came from and yeah, being one of the worst countries, I guess, to experience racism, being South Africa and apartheid, um, where there was segregation based not only on your skin tone but what type of hair you had, Oh yeah, uh, what colour eyes you had, what colour hair you had, et cetera. So, for example, one of the tests growing up um, which determined – which segregation you were put into. So there was blacks, there was whites. Coloreds. People of colour or colours. Asians. Asians and Indians. So five denominations or segregations, right? Indians were actually classed as Asians. I've seen it on the like the actual image of the record. Uh, but there's also different types of Asians. Like there was the light Asians yeah, and so the dark yeah, Asians. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's where you that's where they separated the, the, the Indian yeah. and Asian component to it, mm-hmm. right? And then one of the the main things for coloured people were you could have people that were coloured that had hair that was similar to white people's hair, mm. right, or, or Caucasian people's hair, and then you had coloureds who had hair similar to black people's hair. So the way that they determine which segregation you were in is they would take a pencil, like just a normal everyday pencil. And co- stick it in your And hair. stick it in the hair and yeah. if it came out you were put on the light skin side and if it didn't come out and was stuck in your hand, they had to like pull and at it. It didn't you even were matter if you were light on the black skin. side. So some of you might know this story from maybe Trevor Noah, but if not, this is a sort of, I guess, classification we grew up with in South Africa with apartheid. So we already, I think by the time we were in school, Kayleen and I, we were coming to the... I guess, to the the end of it. But our parents and grandparents still grew up in it. We still lived in segregated areas. But even though we were coming to the end of it, we were going to schools where there was mixed races within the school. There was an integration between all... All colours. Yeah. And skin tones. But uh, I think it also depended on the socioeconomic area. Definitely. But it wasn't based on the area. It was based on whether the socioeconomic factors of your parents being able to afford to send you to that school because that was classified as what would be a private school here in oh, Australia. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you could afford to send your children to a private school, then you could send it to you could send them there and then you would see a range of different cultures in that one school 
And that wasn't based on segregation. It was based on whether they could afford to pay for the school. Mm -hmm. That's coming to towards the end of apartheid, right, after Mandela was released, etc. So we learned from a young age code switching because we had friends of different races and we had to understand different languages and different styles of communication already there. Then we moved to Australia and I think that was kind of harder for us because even though we had different cultures and races and styles of communication in South Africa, we were all from the same place and kind of understood different bits and pieces even with the different language barriers that we had, right? And then you come to Australia and everyone's speaking English, but we still don't understand what each other are saying because the Your English be... is different. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just looked over. Why are you laughing at me? Is it not valid? No, I'm not laughing at what you're saying. I'm laughing at the hand action in which you are using to talk. Oh, damn. Can't wait for us to do the video recording so oh you can gosh, see. Oh, my gosh. This literally boils down to code switching, whether you use your hands too much. Oh, and this is when you get passionate about something, right? Being a South African, girl, I am clapping and talking right now. <laughs> I don't even think it's like an African thing. I think it's just a cultural thing. Like Italians use their hands. Greeks use their hands um, as a movement to reciprocate the energy and emotion they're feeling with how they distinguish. Like Greeks and Italians had to not be so loud or to not be so family-oriented when they had moved over to Australia. Like mm. it became a big thing. Um, Asians could no longer act or speak their mother tongue in classrooms anymore, even though like we were learning Vietnamese or Indonesian or whatever. Japanese. Yeah, like whatever the Languages language you were, were being taught. Like the, I teach my kids that the minute you enter a school, you've got to act like a kid. It's no longer acting like who you are at home at home your identity is technically belong to the school when you walk in that door it's our right as teachers that we are your main duty of care in that circumstance so we've got to teach you the things of how to be correct as a student like but the then minute again you're teaching them a sense of code switching you do realize exactly. that right because you're just saying that <laughs> they shouldn't bring what they have at home into the school and kind of condition them so that everyone is very similar and you speak in the same way or tone or language so that everyone around you can understand you in the classroom. But then they go home and they're speaking a completely different language with their it's family. Actually, it's actually a great topic because I have a lot of kids who rebuttal and say, but miss, like, I don't see how that's fair. And I've said to them, it's not fair because no one should have to dumb down or dull down who they are and the talents that they have been given, the, you know, the enthusiasm with how they approach situations, their personalities, etc. If you have a loud, boisterous laugh, have a loud, boisterous laugh. People have got to get over the fact that it's going to attract attention. That's just who you are. You shouldn't have to hide your silly laugh. You shouldn't have to hide the way your fingers Girl, bend. Girl, do not tell a South African that they're loud because if they're not loud, they ain't South African. Just mm, saying. Period. But I think like what people have to realize that we are all, especially as adults in this generation, it's amazing to see how kids catch on with code switching so fast. And it's amazing to observe how they code switch based on 
the demographic of their friendship group. Oh, my gosh, that's so cool to see, like, nowadays because for us it wasn't that easy. No, and that's why it's a really great perspective for me as a human being to value perception correctly because I look at it as a, oh, my gosh, like, I wish I had this kind of friend group growing up. Yeah, or like template in place yeah. where I felt a bit more connected with the people I'm with. Whereas now I think kids are so open to having such diverse friendship groups and they acknowledge diversity to such a high extent that code switching is a thing, but it is not a high regard aspect of one's personality not anymore yes. yeah so Whereas we were like, like you in, and I I think I think we were in the middle era so we had our parents and grandparents that were part of that segregation then it came down to like our generations in between that were learning to switch between one that sounded maybe professional according to the country and culture you were a part of to then going home and being a minority and sounding ratchet if you want to call it that for like I even th- I think of it like a as an example for people, it's like when we would go back to South Africa, I would feel like an outsider. Oh, yeah, I agree. I like, think I like overstimulated myself with the code switching to an Australian sense that when I, remember, I entered SA again, I was just like, uh, I don't fit I in I remember here one time, I think this must have been like the second time we had gone back to South Africa. So the first time would have been around the age of maybe 14, 15 for me. Mm-hmm. And then the second time would have been maybe in my closer to my 20s around 17, 18. Yeah. So I still, the first time I went back, I still kind of had an accent. It was easy for me to switch, right? Kind of just fall into place. Yeah. yeah. And the second time was a little bit harder now because I'd been in Australia for a little bit longer, five, maybe six years. Mm. And I'd gone back and I must have been back for maybe two or three days when one of my cousins turned around and said to me, Tash, can you like hurry up and switch back to your South African accent? Because I really <laughs> oh, I remember this. am trying, I'm really finding it hard to understand you because you're sounding way too Australian for me. And well, like way too white. You said that. Those yeah. are these terms. Like you sound way too white. So I had to like train my brain or switch, like we say, code switch back to my South African accent. But then I would be talking like this with my family, right, so that they could actually understand what I was saying. And for some people that are listening right now, they'd be like, oh, my word, I don't understand. How the hell are how, you switching? How do you change that quickly, right? Yeah. And then I'll come to Australia and then all of a sudden I'm back it's to like square one. As like, soon as you jump you. off the plane, <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh, hi, guys. <laughs> Not even that, like you lengthen certain syllables in Australian language but you talk quicker yeah and that was the thing which that is our family, insane to me that was the thing our family couldn't quite grasp when I was talking to them because then I had to slow down how I was talking so that way the accent would then come out again which was pretty crazy when you think about it like that right but I think we now have managed to have a balance of both but I'm actually quite intrigued to see the next time we go you know, it's not just a balance of both. I think it also changes now with our friends. It fluctuates, group. yeah. Because some of our friends might be from uh, European Zimbabwe, like yeah, so Denmark so, or something that's similar sounding to South African accents. 
and then yeah our south african accent will come out but then we've yeah. got friends that are like english and sometimes we don't even realize it it just we becomes an automatic accent when you're totally <laughs> oh talking like this and you don't and, even understand and why. they don't even realize like that i or we can hold on a really long accent and they're like how are you are you taking the piss out of me and we're like no we're actually, really, actually it's just really easy for us to pick up an accent and that's how quick code switching is really come into play i just really want to do for it. minorities don't you think i do i really do think and i really do think we should do an episode literally sounding like a bunch of londoners or god knows please tell me where this accent's from because i've literally just picked it up via you don't know where <laughs> watching Watching tv yeah legitimately (laughs) and it's like even when we went to america on holiday right the friends that we met there we were talking in an australian accent but they were like you you don't really sound like an australian like what there's something else like a little sprinkle of whatever else and then apparently our south african accent was coming out for certain words and then eventually we i think we rolled over to american yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was it's, it's insane how much code switching plays especially i want to say from like 25 like let's say 23 minimum plus is where i think code switching became such a big thing like if you're 23 now and you are a person of color or a minority in that sense i think you'll really understand how detrimental it is for professionals especially code switching and like dealing with people via phones, face-to-face contact, emails and stuff like that, like all those specific professional attributes. You know, sometimes I even find it hard to have a conversation when you're calling a professional company. You're not fully Australian. You're a minority, but you sound Australian. And you're calling to speak to, let's say, for example, a bank, and you're trying to get information And then because you've been so conditioned that people are meant to sound a specific way and you have like an Indian on the phone with the really thick Indian accent or sometimes even now, I know, I think it's IINet has like South African um, people as where their head office is in, in somewhere in South Africa. So they answer the phone and you're like customer support and you're like, hello, can I speak to an Australian please? No, there's actually options now. Do you know that? No, I didn't know about the options. There's like actual options where you decide whether you want to speak to an Australian place or somewhere overseas. Ah, well, let's but say two ha- years ago, yeah. if, for example, you needed customer support and you, you got through to someone where you didn't really or they didn't really sound Australian, you kind of felt unsafe to speak to them. <laughs> I'm not joking because that's like what your usual Karen would do these days anyways. But it's like people have to get used to to code switching for people to feel safe and secure to speak to them. That's an example of what I actually have to do at work because otherwise people don't understand you one or they don't take you seriously because they assume that if you cannot speak the language correctly, you are not qualified to do the particular job that you're doing. Mm. And that's probably the same in in any kind of job or sometimes even when you're studying, people don't take you seriously if you're doing group work purely based on your accent and they assume that, 
Mm -hmm. if you're bilingual or trilingual, you won't be able to speak English properly. Yeah. So we don't want you in our group because of fearing of failure. It's insane. I remember having that when I was doing my master's and one of the people in one of the groups that I worked with, um, well, actually two people were from different countries um, in Europe and in Asia. And some of the people that were Australian were like, oh, we just got to do the whole project ourselves purely because they can't speak English properly. And I'm like, they just have an accent. They're speaking English perfectly fine. I'm sure they can write English perfectly fine. Um, that just makes me sick. It makes me so angry because the only reason they spoke to me about it is because I can sound Australian through my code switching. How mm. crazy is that? That's insane. I have my own reservations about code switching, but that's my own reservations based on experience. pure observation and experience. Yeah. Like I could go on about how racially profiling code switching can be. Yes. And how detrimental it could be to someone's mental health. But we're going to be here for at least a few hours and an argument might break out. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, I'm getting riled up right now as we're talking about these examples that I've experienced over time. Like, mm. like I, I don't think you could fully grasp that concept of code switching unless no. you're a minority. You've lived through it. Or you've had experiences where you've had to code switch to get through a situation. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, that is our hump day blues. I hope you guys enjoyed this. And let us know if you actually had to code switch in your life. I find it very intriguing. Yeah, for sure. We want to hear experiences. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. We'll see you guys. Well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see you next hump day, hoes. Bye, guys. Bye.